0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. I want to start off by asking, what makes you happy? What brings you so much joy? I want to... Tell you a secret of mine that's not so secret because I keep telling everyone. But what has been, made me really happy this year is unlike you and I would ever believe, the cricket. Can you believe it? The cricket has made me really happy this year and I didn't just have the ashes on in the background. I actually sat and watched them. I I can't believe that I did that. But I made the rookie mistake on the Wednesday to go and get groceries for 20 minutes and I came back and it was all over. I I couldn't believe it. But there was one night, Sydney Sixers versus Brisbane Heat. It was... A nail biter, let me tell you, it it was like a yo-yo. The whole game went all over the place. We were set up to lose and then we were going to win. And then we were on the last ball, one run for the Sydney Sixers to win. And I was standing on my feet, no joke, no lie, on my feet, in my living room with my arms on my head going, oh my gosh, and I was freaking out. And then we lost, but I only realised afterwards when I looked down at my phone that it was 11 o'clock at night. And so I sent a super apologetic message to my roommate saying, I'm sorry, I was so loud. But what makes you really happy? That's made me really happy this summer, but maybe your idea of happy is a Friday night cheese board with sparkling water and you put your feet up at the end of the week and you're like, oh, it's done. Or maybe it's going to on a holiday that you've never been before. Maybe it's spending time with your family and friends or maybe it's reading a really, really good book. I know Adrian's not here, but... Adrian, our COVID officer, just cannot wait to come on a Sunday morning and sanitise this whole building. He loves it. And we have a guy at night who loves picking out his phone in the front seat and taking from the most unflattering angle and putting it onto all of his social media accounts. They're not here. It was going to be funny if they were here. But what causes you great joy? Today we're going to read from Psalm 1. It's the start of the biggest book in the Bible filled with poems, songs and prayers with so much heart and soul and desperation and joy absolutely poured into them. This first chapter, in my opinion, is a simple guide as to how to be happy and the intentional choices we need to make. So let's read the whole Psalm together, but... So you can open your Bibles if you have them, but we're gonna only focus on the first three verses and look at two words in particular, delight and blessed. So keep an eye out for them, but let's read it all together. Psalm one, verse one to six. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but he delights in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season whose leaf shall shall not wither, but whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish." Let's look at this first line. Straight up, there's our word, blessed is the man. And I wanna start everything off by this beautiful quote by Spurgeon. It says, it is not blessed is the king, blessed is the scholar, blessed is the rich, but blessed is the man. The blessedness isn't as attainable by the poor, the forgotten and the obscure as by those whose name figure in history and are trumpeted by fame. Blessed is everyone, And blessed means happy. So happy is everyone who we are about to find out. Blessed is the man or happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It sounds super negative, right? All these things that we shouldn't do, but I wanna take, you to take from this message that when we say no to these things, so much positive comes from it. Kind of like, if you go to your fridge at the end of a big night and there's a half block of chocolate in the fridge, there is so much positive from having, non, from having self-control and not eating that because then you don't get fat. But you get what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's you say yes and no to things, right? But first of all, walk's not in the counsel of the ungodly. We need to be super careful of who and what we listen to to discern godly from ungodly advice. And I don't know whether you've noticed, but people really love giving their opinion or telling you how to live your life. And it's not just people, it's social media, TV, movies, everything has an impact on us. And it can be super challenging to find godly counsel, but it's super easy to find ungodly counsel. I know you've heard the phrase before, choose your friends wisely, and it's true. Often your friends are the people who are giving you advice. The people you have around you might be well-intentioned counsel, but they're not necessarily godly counsel. And on top of that, more often than not, we're asking for advice when we're feeling vulnerable or susceptible. We need to choose our counsel wisely. And if you're struggling who your counsel is, I'm really glad you're here because there are lots of people who are so in love with Jesus and are prayer-filled and scriptural warriors in this church who aren't perfect, but they have spoken to me. God has used them as my wise counsel and maybe they can be for you too. So blessed is the man who receives... who is careful who he receives advice from. Now nor stands in the path of sinners. A path implies that you are going somewhere and who knows when you're on a path with a lot of people, you can get caught up in the movement on this path. Well, the same goes for sin. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I know for me, Sometimes I get caught in mimicking people. This sounds really funny, but I know myself and it happens. Um, Funny example, my friends, she twirls her hair like this. And when I'm around her, I twirl my hair like this. (laughs) Same with people who banter, if you banter, I can banter back. I got in trouble a couple of weeks ago for bantering too hard, but if you banter, I, I can dish it back. But sometimes, this is the most embarrassing, sometimes people with accents or people who say a word a certain way, I will start saying a word that certain way. And I have no examples off the top of my head, but if you start doing it around me, I can guarantee that it will happen. I know myself. I need to be super careful with who I have around me because it goes Unfortunately, for other things as well. Being totally honest here, if I'm around people who swear a lot, I really struggle not to swear. In Psalm 16, it says, "'You will show me the path of life. "'In your presence is fullness of joy. "'At your right hand are pleasures forevermore.'" If you stand or we stand in the path of sinners, we can get caught up in the whirlwind of sinners and end up just going along for the ride, even if we had no intention to at the start. But if we stay close to God and choose his path of life, he reveals that we can find joy and peace as we go along with our Father. I think sometimes we forget how life with Jesus is so much better than what we deserve. And Sometimes it requires us to say no so that we have positive outcomes and so that we are happy and blessed in the long run. We need to be careful in who we are associating ourselves with and how they are influencing our behaviour. But in saying all of that, I want to go from the other side for a second. This chapter is not saying that we have no association with sinners because that would be super isolating because we are all sinners. You'd have to isolate from yourself. Jesus was the only one who was perfect and he himself was known as a friend of sinners. But he didn't hang out with them to become more like them. He hung out with them in hopes to show them joy and peace and the hope found in God. And we are called to do the same. I heard a quote that says, Christians who move the world are the ones that don't let the world move them. So blessed is the man who is careful who he receives advice from, is careful who he associates with, and now blessed is the man or happy is the man who doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. I feel like our world, the world we are in right now, this has gone to a new level. People sitting behind computers and phones, absolutely ripping and destroying each other. We can be so judgmental and filled with contempt and when we're sitting behind a screen, we can almost lose our humanity and forget what God calls us to do and how to love his people. Or maybe you're out with friends and you're struggling to say, tell them that what they're saying is wrong if they're saying about if they're mocking Jesus or mocking his word. It's really hard, it's so hard. Even Peter, Jesus's best friend, when he was going to the cross denied him three times. Jesus was just about to take all of our sin away and his best friend denied him three times. Scornful people are everywhere. And so this warning is so important for us that, We need to be careful with how we are speaking and what we are saying and even what we're typing. And in my experience, it doesn't make you happy if something slips out of your mouth that doesn't honour God or tears people down. It just is not a road to happiness. So blessed is a man who is careful who he receives advice from, is careful who he associates with and is careful in what he says and that is verse one, crushed it. Now moving on to verse two. It says, it's a little bit more joy-filled and we're about to find our second word. But blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. Now this word delight means pleases someone greatly and I want to circle back to the start for a second. Who of you, when I asked, what makes you happy, thought of the Bible? Oh, great, I'm so glad you did. It wasn't my first choice. (laughs) Cricket obviously was, Um, but... That's so good, but why does he say, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord? I'm going to give you the answer straight up, and then we'll unpack it a bit more. It's because David knew, as you would know if you've found beautiful, intimate relationship with Jesus, that this book, even though you might have read it a hundred thousand times, it still has all the answers of how to be truly happy in this life. It's like, a love letter from our Father in heaven to get to know him better, to know his character, to know how much he truly loves us and show us the way to spend eternity with him. I feel so blessed to have access to his word so easily these days on the internet, my phone, paper copy, it's everywhere. I have Bibles everywhere at home. But consider this, when David wrote this Psalm, he only had the first five books of the Bible. That's right, Genesis, lovely. Exodus, love it. Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. That's all he had. And I makes me doubly in awe of this verse because I found that I take great delight in his word and Genesis and Exodus, yeah, it's good, but Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy wouldn't be my first pick to say that I take great delight in his word when I'm reading those books but we are called to take great delight in his word. There is a song called Sales by Pat Barrett. I really encourage you to listen to it. It's a beautiful song where he is crying out to God and it says, falling is easy, staying in love is hard. When we first accept Jesus into our heart, we are choosing to follow his way and we are so captured by him that we wanna read his word and digest it. We hunger for it and it's so easy to delight in his word. Falling is so easy, but how many of us here today know that staying in love is so hard? When we read more of his word and God reveals his life What life with happiness looks like, there are a lot of hard choices we need to make in the present that will be so worth it in the future. And we just can't see it now, but we know what he says reveals to us so much good. If you want to read about what life before Jesus looked like and how the Old Testament needed to be made right, with Jesus, then you can go find it in Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. I'll let you do that in your own time. But the 10 commandments are a familiar example. And a more current example is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is preaching and refers back to the 10 commandments and says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But, I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will also be subject to judgment. This is a really hard call if you're angry with somebody. In the world's eyes, these two are not weighed the same, but it's not a weight game for God. I don't wanna try and figure out what judgment looks like and how it works. I wanna absolutely leave that up to God because I don't wanna make those decisions and I will leave it up to him. But to follow Jesus and receive forgiveness this morning, I would like to publicly say, I'm sorry, Meg and Jess. I have been angry with you in the past. I'm very sorry. (laughs) But in all seriousness, how many of you know it's really hard to delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night when you're angry with somebody? We need to examine our hearts and ask who we are angry with. Maybe it's this morning someone has popped into your mind. Jesus says to us, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down when you are still angry. God is calling us to delight in these words. Is there someone this morning that you need to forgive and let your anger go? Another example is Matthew 5, 27 to 30. It looks at adultery. It's no longer if you just commit adultery, but if you look lustfully at someone, you have committed adultery in your heart. I'm just gonna put this out there, but sometimes, Beautiful human beings, which God has created, are really hard to not look lustfully at. It's very hard. But I joke about this, but my parents have seen their marriage flourish as they only have eyes for each other. Growing up, they never had celebrity crushes or even talked about people like that, even in jest, which is really rare, but I think it's something that it's, That something that simple has meant there's no room for comparison or insecurity. It doesn't go away when you say I do on your wedding day. They did it God's way and incredible love and happiness came from their simple decision to say no and honour what Jesus calls them to do. It can be really hard, but this word delight just stood out to me so much as I unpacked this. It didn't say, blessed is the man who likes the law of the Lord or blessed is the man who tolerates the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. It said, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. On his word, he meditates day and night. Meditation in the Western world is getting more popular, but I would say it has a bad rap. And I didn't quite understand why we needed to meditate because when I thought of meditation, I would think of the Eastern way of doing it, which is humming and ahhing and emptying your mind. But actually, meditation in the Bible is filling your mind with his word, unpacking it, digesting it, and resting in it. I would say these days people might call that mindfulness, but here meditation is using your mind in the way it was created to, in deep, intimate, passionate relationship with Jesus. I wanna ask you this morning, when was the last time you took pure, unbridled delight in reading his word, in prayer with him in a moment of worship? This challenged me so much this week. Do you take great delight in spending time with him or is it one more thing that you tick off your to-do list or a habit where you've lost the sense of awe and wonder as you spend time with him? Verse three, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. When I picture this tree, I picture a strong, deep rooted, flourishing, thriving tree. It is constantly nourished and growing as it is planted by the water. The fruit it bears is sweet and life-giving. The wind and storms around it may have beaten and bruised it, but because of its deep roots, it stayed firm and stood tall. And you know you can rely on it because it continues to prosper. Let's exchange all of that now for a person. The person I see in this scenario is someone who is strong, spending time and meditating on God's word, day and night flourishing and thriving, the water being God's word and the godly counsel that they continue to have around them. I see people who haven't had an easy life but continue to press into God and out of making good choices They are honouring God and aligning to His will, following the path that He has set out for them and bearing good fruit. As they continue to love God, they love people around them in response to how He has loved them first. And because of all of this, I see blessing over their life. Now, that might sound unattainable or very far from where your life might be right now, but it is possible It is actually more than possible. There are people in this room who I would say are living a life that is so intentional with the decisions they're making and are in this picture for me. They are taking great delight in reading his word and enacting his word in their life and living with the blessings of God and it might not be fine and peachy, but it is happy, joy-filled and whole. I have one story to wrap us up today about how God filled me with his joy and awe and wonder through his scripture. I was at a woman's conference a couple of years ago in Sydney with my mum and two sisters. It was a brilliant conference, but at this point in time, I was really struggling. Something terrible had happened a couple months ago and I never doubted that God was with me or he was loving me or filling me up but I had moments where the enemy was trying to seek, steal and destroy my joy that Jesus was continuously giving me because I just couldn't conjure it up myself no matter how hard I tried. So at this conference, when the team started leading worship, Brooke started singing, Who You Say I Am. And at this point, I was so broken that I couldn't sing the lyrics and the lyrics are, who the sun sets free, I was free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I am. As I had sung this song 150,000 times, I knew it well. But in this moment, I was so broken and hurting that all I could think that these lyrics were for everyone else in the room but me. Sorry, it's <laughs> a good story, I promise. So while the crowd of 14,000 people sung these songs with their arms high in the sky and hearts turned to Jesus, I sank down in my chair feeling worthless, like I couldn't bring myself to even utter one of these words. I was, I was defeated. But as I sat there, I remembered that their songs were based on Scripture. And in this time, because of what I was going through, Scripture wasn't non-negotiable for me. I had to use it, otherwise, I probably wouldn't be here right now. John 14, one to two says, Jesus tells us, let us not, let our heart, let not our heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. At this point in my journey for 21 years, I knew that God loved me. I'd accepted Him to my heart when I was five years old and I wanted to spend eternity with Him but as I finished this scripture and as they sang these lyrics in my father's house, there's a place for me, I felt God whisper in my ear and change the lyrics. He said, in my house, there's a place for you. Can I tell you since then, I've taken great delight in this scripture. Yes, there are some things that are hard and uncomfortable and you might feel defeated and like you're not worthy, but in His Word He tells us you are. And we have the opportunity now to make great decisions that align with how He tells us to live, an opportunity to live with our Father in His house for eternity. And it will bring us great joy. They're not just here because it sounds scary. It's here because it's, it's a path to happiness. Happy is the man who is careful who he receives advice from, is careful in who he associates with, is careful with what he says. He takes great delight in the Word of God and has deep roots, sweet fruit and prospers. I've been praying for you guys all week and I hope this has really encouraged you this morning. Why don't we stand together as we finish up today. For all those who are in love with our heavenly Father or feel like they are in love with Him but have lost their sense of awe and wonder, are struggling to take delight in His Word, I want to sing this song that says, there is no one else for me, none but Jesus. And can I tell you this morning, I was praying for today and I and I knew David himself would kneel at his window and worship God. And so I was like, I'm going to do that before I come in this morning. So I knelt at my window and was worshipping God and turned this song on and got to the bridge, which I completely forgot the lyrics all week and it says, all my delight is in you Lord. And I was like, oh my gosh that's so cool. But as we finish, I want you to sing this like it's, you were falling in love with Him for the very first time. And if you don't know what relationship with God looks like, I would love to create a space for you to accept Him into your heart. While we sing this song, if you feel comfortable enough, it's a bold move, but if you do, why don't you come to the front? I would love to pray for you. If there are multiple people, we have prayer-filled warriors here, I know that would love to pray for you. But why don't we sing this song together this morning and delight in His presence. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.